Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the mall. We're in the marbles Uh, we're in the marbles In the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 66 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan, you can find me on social media at Viva La Ethan. 66. I... Always have one person, one kind of car in mind when I think 66, and it's the the Phillips 66 race car from the early 90s. I think it was a Kelly Arbor owned car. It was red and then it was uh black too at one point. I think in 93 it was black, but before that it was red. And the most prominent driver I know that drove it was Dick Trickle. Oh, okay. What do you think when you think 66? I immediately think, and I don't know what year it was, Daryl Waltrip drove a 66 uh, sponsored by Kmart. That's right. That's right. The only yeah, reason I... 2000, I believe. Oh, was it? Yes. Wow. I think that was the, I think that was the car he retired from. Are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure it is. That's Because wild. I was saying 96, 97, he was driving the... Uh, 17 still 98 he was driving the tabasco car and then steve park got hurt and he drove that and maybe it was 99 and 2000 um yeah i maybe uh i trying to remember when he drove the 17 when he stopped driving. i know in 98 he drove tabasco a little bit and he drove the steve park ride when the tabasco ride kind of fell apart but I also feel like he drove the 17 a little bit too, like the speed block number 17, because he wasn't the original driver for the Tabasco car. Oh, that's I think interesting. That was, I think it was Todd Bedon. Um, I want to say it was 99 or 2000 or both. Wow. Cool. Uh, so how you been, man? Man, it's been a disastrous week. My goodness, we got hit with some really bad storms last week, uh, last Friday, and we just got power back on yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, it's just been miserable. Uh, it's probably the worst storm that I've ever seen this town have. And I think for the first time in like over a, I don't know, over like 70 years or like 100 years or something like that, uh, every Every single store, like gas station, Walmart, um, Rena Center, stuff like that, like every store was closed. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, there was trees that got blown into, you know, businesses' windows. And there was even somebody driving on the highway, um, just, just driving, just driving along. And there was a tree that actually fell on his car while he was driving. Mm-hmm. And I actually shared it on Facebook. If you're, if you are Facebook friends with me, um, it's just a wild time, man. And I mean, there's still, you drive around town, you still see trees everywhere and debris. I mean, it was like a small, a really small tornado, but it was classified as a, as a um, storm. So it's been interesting, man. Yeah, we get a lot of that uh, during hurricane seasons and stuff. Not every year, but, you know, like, like, like back in 2004, yeah, we had uh, a storm come through our town. Like the eye actually came over our town and Ooh. it actually strengthened to a high category four right before landfall. Oh, So we got 140 mile an hour winds with the eye wall through our, through our town overnight one night uh hurricane ivan was the name of it and it looked like a bomb went off in our small town we didn't have power for two weeks we we had uh i don't know exactly which i know salvation army was some of it but we had we had people out here delivering mres to us so we'll have something to eat i mean we were eating mres for months oh my god you know just trying to get rid of them at one point but yeah um we had generators portable generators dropped off at gas stations so they're you know one or two gas stations so there actually could be some you know gas being sold uh we had ice stations where people big refrigerated trucks would come out and give people ice once a day you know like you would drive over there get ice get i think you were allowed two bags of ice and then you take off just so your stuff wouldn't spoil wow. every day. Cause, and you're talking about September in Alabama. It was hot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I am with you. I completely understand the kind of thing you're going through because we see it a lot during hurricane season. Anyway, we don't normally see it this time of year. Like we'll get the tornado once in a while, but this year we've actually been kind of my area. Well, mostly my house anyway, it's been kind of lucky. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of tornado storms around us, but none actually came through our place. So, you know, it seemed like there was a lot of them this year. And I know that same kind of system is what, you know, went across the entire country and hit the Northeast too. Yeah. And your area. You know, so yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I we definitely were not lucky. Uh, we had a tree that, fell down in our backyard that landed on a garage and it took out it ripped out the power lines and <clears throat> the wi-fi cables and everything just ripped out everything from our house so uh it was all wrapped up in a tree for about four days before somebody was able to ch- you know cut down the the tree and you know separate the wires and stuff and then i pretty much had to beg uh the city to come out and re reinstore our power lines and i think what Honestly, and I was trying really hard to be uh, understanding and patient with them. And they told me that uh, people that have power lines ripped out are going to be last priority, which kind of upsets me a little bit um, just because, you know, my family's 
hot and we're sweaty and we're getting aggravated, whatever. So we were staying really patient and really understanding. And then I, the only way we were able to charge our phones was, well, Jessica went to work and she charged her phone there and Kendall, she couldn't stay in a 95 degree house. So she went to grandma's house. And then the only way I was able to charge my phone is getting in my truck and driving around town. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I noticed, and this is where I lost my patience. Uh, I saw the the uh, city workers uh, restoring the, uh, you know, with banks, it has that electronic uh, sign that says the time, the temperature, the date, yeah. and then have a good day. They were working on that rather than people's houses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no way. So, uh, had I uh, ended up making some phone calls, and I was not not very happy whatsoever. And it was about it was about an hour later uh, we had our power. So you know, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Yeah, sure thing. Well, I'm glad you got it back. Yeah, because I know that's a mess right now. It's 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 rough out there right now as far as heat goes. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oof. I don't know what y'all look like, but we look like about 105, 110 heat index every every day. So, yeah, we're ninety, right around ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, it's it's that time of year. Yes, sir. Um, so we got a few things we can talk about today, and the least of all is actually NASCAR. Yeah, did you want to start by saying how your week was? Because I mean, I kind of took up that whole segment there. Uh, how was my week? I mean, I had a root canal today. Yeah, today. <laughs> Earlier, like just a like, few hours ago. Like 10 a.m. And it's 6 now. So, yeah. And you're talking <laughs> just fine. That's so... Oh, it, it, it's it's so blown up. You know, like I never had one. Yeah. Ever. Like, never had a root canal. Uh, honestly, just could never afford a root canal. We always, I always just end up getting a tooth pulled because it's like a couple hundred bucks to get a tooth pulled. It's like $1,500 to get a root canal. Yeah, that's like, what I do. Yeah. yeah, but my insurance and actually covers the root canal now. I was like, okay, cool. $50 copay. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, add $50 for gas because I ain't having none of that. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. You mean like laughing gas? Laughing gas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm I, not having any of it. No. Ooh, I, yeah. give, me the, give me the gas. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've never, never had this done before. And you always hear so much bad stuff about it, right? Yeah. Like the root canal is like the worst thing ever. You know, everybody says like, oh, no, I'd rather do this. And uh, I have root canal and do this, you know, because it's always compared to something because it's so bad. So, I mean, I get in there and it's a place that only does root canals. This is the only thing they do. So obviously they're going to be really good at it. And he says the whole thing, once I get started, will only take about 20 to 30 minutes. It's mostly just going to be waiting on everything to get numb. And if you feel anything at all, let me know. I'll numb it up some more. And there was two instances where he was kind of testing, not really doing anything to see if I was numb. Yeah. And I felt a little bit of something, but, and and he immediately numbed it up. And in 20 minutes I was done. And when he was done, he pulled the mask off of me within like a minute and a half. I was out the door. Oh, wow. And I didn't feel a dang thing of pain. Really? Like the only pain I felt was the initial uh, uh, shot. Yeah. There was, was two shots because he had to numb a different part because 
but one of my roots was actually going into like around my tongue area and there's a nerve in that. So he numbed a little bit extra just to cover his bases. But yeah, I didn't have any pain. The only pain I have now is just the fact that my jaw is a little sore from, uh, from all the digging that they had to do. So Tylenol, I didn't, the only prescription I got was Motrin if I needed it. Wow. So I just take Tylenol then. So and yeah, I have a question. Um, last time I had oral surgery, I was in Minneapolis and it wasn't pretty. And so my question is, they also did like the, uh, numbing the gum and stuff. Uh, did you feel like a Kardashian afterwards with like big lips and stuff? I had to, well, half my face anyway. Yeah. Um, just the right side of my face. I felt like, oh, oh that's a mean joke. I was going to say, I felt like Jim Ross. And oh. that was a mean joke. Oh my God, I should have said that. That's all right. No, we're, we're going to keep it. That's okay. <laughs> I like that. That's I caught right. myself, but I still said it. <laughs> um, oh. No, but like half of my face was numb. Uh, you know, from like a cheek all the way down to my jawline. And um, it was it was constantly one of those things. I always have like an issue. The inside of my cheek tends to want to stick out to where I chew on it once in a while. Like I'll bite the inside of my cheek yeah. when I'm eating once in a while. And I know it sticks out a little further than it needs to. So I was so aware of that because there was one point a long time ago when I was a kid, uh, I was numbed up like this and I was chewing on something inside my mouth. I felt like a rag was in there and I was just chewing, chewing, chewing. And turns it comes to find out I about chewed the inside of my cheek off. Oh, so yeah. God. So, uh, I'm really, really aware of that from that, ever, from ever since that point. And yeah, like the whole two hours after I kept my mouth open, you know, just so I wouldn't be biting. I wouldn't be chewing. You're not supposed to bite on that side of it anyway for yeah. like two hours or so, but dang, I ate a hamburger and I ate a hamburger and deviled eggs tonight for dinner. Wow. Yeah. Six hours. No, that was like five hours after a root canal. So, you know, I can't complain. Yeah. I was so anxious about it and I sure can't complain about it. Hey, so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah whatever, right? Um, so, like I said, we got a few things to talk about today. So first, uh, let's talk about the Comic-Con stuff. Yes. Today, like just hours ago, recording this, they dropped a bunch of wrestling figures, like, renders and reveals and all sorts of stuff did you happen to catch all that i was uh i had just woken up and it was fantastic i somehow saw uh one of the very first tweets from fully posable and i jumped over on their profile and all i was doing was just refreshing about every 15 mm -hmm. seconds and fully posable was massively on it they i mean oh yeah it was constant i was like holy moly Go fully posable. Go. I didn't know if they were actually there or if they were getting all their information from somebody that was there. I know Scott was saying that he had a hookup or a connection that was going to be there. So I don't know how they were getting that information so quickly and those photos so quickly, but uh, props to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if uh, they, he kept tagging a, a, a name. Yeah. I think it was an Instagram handle, but I don't know if that person was messaging him directly. Or if he was just taking stuff he was finding off Instagram from that person, but that connection they got, that was, um, yeah, they were the first, I fully possible was the first account 
I saw everything. In. Yeah. And everybody else from that point on was just maybe about five or six reveals behind. And you know what's really funny about it is while I was, because there was a lot of times I'd refresh that page, their their mm-hmm. Twitter page, and it, nothing would be new. But I I watched their followers. They went from like 5,900 and some followers all the way. Like I watched it hit literally 6,000 followers, then 612, <laughs> then 624, and then 618. Or, you know, like... Kept on going. I was like, my gosh, man. They at least... Good for them. Yeah, they had to gain at least 500 new followers. Um, So it's too much to mention, and this isn't a wrestling podcast or wrestling figure podcast, but we we both do collect these. Like Behind me, I probably have about 12, 14 action figures just in this one room. I haven't even moved over from the other house yet, which I'm not going to move them over. I'm going to eventually have a room in the other house devoted to like all my action figures and autographs and stuff like that. But we both really enjoy that. What, um, what did you think of the reveals today? What maybe like stuck out to you? There was three things that stuck out to me the most. Uh, two of them I 100% will get. Uh, the other one I'm kind of on the fence about. Um, one honorable mention is the facts the fact that uh new basics have 14 points of artic- articulation uh mm-hmm. excited about that when mattel hit, uh, took over in 2010 that's all i would that's literally all i would collect is basics because here in south kansas having elites i knew was going we weren't going to have elites for a long long time like that was a real stretch so basics is all i had so i love the basic line uh i i mean i had so many basics and then they got really really um uh stiff i guess i don't know like yeah they took a lot out of them i think for about what four years it seems like yeah um like that but I'm really excited to see the basics come back and actually have a little bit more art- articulation. Uh, art- uh, I give up. Uh, articulation. Thank you. Uh, so the one thing, or the uh, the three things that really stuck out was the Seth Rollins, Elite, Dusty Rhodes. Um, I say tribute, but I really like that head scan. I like the whole long, stringy hair for Seth. Um but I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence whether or not I'm going to buy it because I am more focused on um, Ultimate Editions uh, with the exception of uh, Austin Theories. But the other thing that uh, got my attention was the f- Target 4-pack with, I think, Hogan, Rocky Maivia, Becky Lynch, and Stone Cold. I literally just want that Stone Cold, and that's it. Like somebody else can have the other three. I don't really want it. I just want that stone cold for some reason. I think it looks fantastic. And the last, the biggest thing was the ultimate Roman reigns. I have been so hyped ever since I saw that. I was like, yeah, like I was uh, literally just thinking about it the other day. I was thinking to myself at work, what I wanted to see from SDCC. And I thought if I can see another ultimate Roman reigns with the red gauntlet, with the one, hand um the red boots both titles with the roman reign side plates i would be happy and i literally got exactly that so uh that is an instant pre-order for me as soon as it goes up yeah you're gonna have to pre-order it definitely 
Yes. Otherwise, you know, you're just risking not finding it like the last one. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I'm, you know, it's so funny now because I'm so glad I didn't find that or I didn't pick that up because I'm trying to really stick to one figure per, like per ultimate, unless it's something that I'm just like, whoa, I cannot wait to have that. So, like the Seth Rollins, I was, I was kind of hoping to see like a really awesome 2014 ultimate Seth Rollins because that's like my favorite Seth Rollins. Um, didn't see that. So, but the Roman I I'm all for. Well, you know, they're re-releasing that money in the bank, Seth Rollins. Yeah. It just, I don't I know, know. It's not an ultimate, but yeah, it's just, still, it was, it was a really good figure when it came out back in the day. And uh, they're re-releasing a shield Seth Rollins too. Yeah. I mean, I had all those. I, I think, I don't know exactly what I'm, what I'm looking for when it comes to Seth Rollins. I'm thinking like, like uh, uh, money in the bank, Seth Rollins with like the black, all black gear type thing uh, with Mm -hmm. like a new head scan of some sorts that resembles the 2004 or sorry, the 2014 era. I I don't know. It's hard to uh, explain, I guess. Yeah. You just want something updated, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I get you. Um, to me, I guess I always tend to stay more classic, but the as far as newer stuff goes, the ultimate pitch black Bray mm, yeah, and the ultimate Oscar that seems like it's in the same set, those two are the very, very top to me. Yeah. As far as uh, new stuff goes, but I tend to stick with like the older stuff, like... Uh, the Monday Night War set that's coming to Walmart with the uh, debut Scott Hall and the first NWO Hogan and the debut Kevin Nash. It's actually got, I think the hat is molded onto the hair. Yeah. And there's like a separate hair piece you can put on him so it doesn't have the hat on. And some people might think that's weird, but you know what? The hat actually looks right on it. When hats don't normally look right on these action figures. They look like uh, they look like William Byron. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And, and yeah, they, they look like they're a child wearing an adult hat. That's what it looks like. So I like that. Maybe that's the direction they start going. Maybe they start having a different hairpiece with a hat attached to it. You know, I, I wouldn't hate it, honestly. Um, there's some really good Hulk Hogan's. Like, there's so many Hulk Hogan's. There's like a, a classic, um, one with a cape. And then I think there's like a new Japan pro wrestling Hulk Hogan as well. And there's some classic superstars, Hulk Hogan's and there's a, a new retro Hulk Hogan coming out. Yeah. There's a three pack Hulk Hogan with an eighties, nineties and two thousands Hulk Hogan in it. Um, I even saw Hulk Hogan around a motorcycle. Yeah. Up on, on behind everything. Nobody talked about it, but, and I just sat there and was like, you know, that would be really cool just to have displayed. Undertaker and Hulk Hogan both riding motorcycles. That'd be kind of neat. But uh, the Monday Night War set, I really like that. I like the Coliseum collection stuff. Um, I'm going to be in Mexico when the next Coliseum collection goes up for pre-order. So I might need some help. <laughs> Why are you in Mexico? That's awesome. I, I got a cruise. Oh. Around my birthday. That's right. And my birthday is yeah, my birthday is September twenty fourth, and I'm leaving the twenty third, 
and 26th, we're going to be in Customaya. Man, you're turning the big 5 0 this year, aren't you? Uh, no. Oh. The big 4 0. 4 0. Yeah, close enough. It's all right. Don't be adding time here. Goodness gracious. So, just uh, since you brought it up, I am working on something for your birthday, and it is going to be fantastic and i cannot wait to send it to you because i have yet to well okay so i'm not giving it away um you know what actually just i'm not even gonna say anything it's gonna be really awesome and i'm going to uh try to secretly send it to uh nicole and have her hang on to it and like videotape you while you open it because like i already know what it is i've never even i haven't seen it um but i know i'm going to cry when because i'm getting one for you and one for me uh (laughs) because it's just really really cool so i know like i haven't even seen it uh but i it's gonna be so freaking awesome okay (laughs) all right well i'll look forward to it then i'm uh just over two months away just over two months. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's what? Sep- it's September 24th. It's July 20th right now that we're recording. So, yeah. Um, Sango Comic Con. What else? What else? Are you getting a Muhammad Ali? I am definitely not. Not? No. It's one more for me. That doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff just doesn't really do much for me. Now, if it was like a throwback uh, SA Rios, I'd buy all of them. But. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to have any San Diego Comic Con uh, appeal. It should. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. I might be the only one. I don't know. <laughs> oh, goodness. They try to do cross things with it. You know, like they try to get the, uh, like the Macho Man has a big cross, uh, cross appeal to everybody anyway, especially when it's not a wrestling figure per se. It's like a Slim Jim advertisement kind of figure. Mm-hmm. You know, so that had a big crossover appeal. The G.I. Joe crowd jumped all over to Sergeant Slaughter. The um the the movie crowd kind of jumped on Mr. T and the Zeus and Hogan. Right. And this is gonna have the boxing crowd. Oh yeah. Jumping in with it. You know, so I, I understand they're trying to spread the the um excitement for this out. And it kind of plays havoc on the wrestling fans because last year was the only time I did not get it. You know, I just straight up, I didn't, I oh, I got it eventually uh, from WWE Shop because a few months later they brought it up on WWE Shop. Oh, cool. But last year was the first year that I didn't get the initial order. And you talk about stressed because I really, really wanted a Zeus and rip two pack. Like I wanted Zeus in the line forever and they threw rip in there with it. And it was in a no holds barred VHS. Absolutely. That was, that was, that's up there. That's exactly what I wanted. And I just, I straight up couldn't get it. See, I don't know who any of those people are. Let's turn the movie. No holds barred. Go watch the movie. Yeah. I've never seen that movie either. So I don't know. You're just a child. I am. Um, yes. 
Oh, I was watching that movie when I was um, seven. Oh, wow. Six or seven, somewhere in there. It came out in 89 or 90, somewhere in there. I wasn't even born yet. I guess 89. Um, Let's see. What else? Superstars figures. I, if I find them in store, I'll get them, but I'm not going to order them. Because right. Walmart will cancel them anyway, so it's fine. Um, What else? Other than that, the legend stuff. Yeah, I guess that's about it. There's I don't one, have anything one more really thing. Out at me. <laughs> I mm -hmm. know there's one more thing that you want to talk about. What? Fake Diesel. Oh, fake Diesel. See, they uh they released a Hall of Fame Diesel uh, a while ago, and that was a big running joke with it because it didn't look like Diesel. Yeah. You know, like the face scan was bad. So everybody was like, oh, it's fake Diesel. So, so this one actually does look like Glenn Jake Jacobs as Diesel. Yeah, it does. Oh, and they're releasing a ray without a mask. Oh my gosh! Yeah, totally. I, I that blew me away. I, I thought, what in the world? How how in the world would they be able to get the approval to do that? You know, so that's that's cool too. Yeah, that was the one that I was really shocked about. I was like, whoa, that is really interesting. And you know what else I noticed? I was, hmm. you know, Mattel is. Should I say it? Mattel is the greatest action uh wrestling action figure company that's ever happened well, they are yeah they're the they're best that's ever done it so far yes but tell me why they cannot get bret hart's head skin right <laughs> my goodness that thing looks i don't know gorgeous. i feel like they're trying to use computer sculpting and for some reason for some reason the digital sculpting for brett doesn't work they need to actually do what Jax did and have somebody hand sculpt the dude's face because even the Jax sculpts look better than this. Yeah. I mean, and that's God. 15, 20 year old technology. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they need to just go back to the drawing board and have somebody physically take a piece of clay and sculpt the dude's face out. Ugh. So you can really work on it and get it right because something they're doing just does not translate to plastic. Yeah. I mean, if you do put the, like the big gray or the big pink sunglasses, it doesn't look too bad. Um, but like our friend drew Vinsel, who won the ringside collectibles, uh, four pack defining moments contest, uh, like that Brad Hart looks okay when he has the sunglasses mm -hmm. on. That's how they all are. Yeah. They're all like that. There's there's one basic that they put out that looked pretty good. It was a SummerSlam basic. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, since then and before then, none of them has really looked really great. You know, but honestly, I don't, other than Jax, I don't think a lot of people got Brett's face right anyway. I I know a bunch of people, you know, mainly like Jeff from Fully Puzzle, they love the Hasbro Jeff, oh, Hasbro, I'm sorry, the Hasbro Brett, you know, especially the Silver Shades one. I don't think that looks anything like Brett. I just, nobody really gets his face right. Jax did, for the most part, in the classic superstars. Those have been the best Bret Hart face scans, in my opinion. But other than that, I mean, I guess the LJN is okay. But, you know, you really didn't have nothing else to choose from back then, you know. So, you know, nostalgia is going to win over that right. any day, right? So, I don't know. Maybe that some of that has to do with the Hasbro too, but I never thought the Hasbro face sculpt looked good. 
it doesn't like Brett. It just looks like a snarling dude. Yeah. I I've and, always been team Sean, so I don't care about Brett, Brett Hart <laughs> at all. I could never stand Shawn Michaels. Why? I I absolutely could not. Not when I was a kid. Now when he came back in the two thousands, yeah, sure. Yeah, but in the nineties, no, I could not stand Shawn Michaels. Oh, it was. But that was the point. Yeah, the point was you were not supposed to stand Shawn Michaels, except for like ninety six when he won the title. But for the most part, he was always a bad guy, like a cocky, arrogant jerk. You're not supposed to like Shawn Michaels, so. And he did his job. Yeah. Um, so we got the Comic-Con stuff out of the way. I wanted to talk about something that the Three Brews podcast talked about. Yeah. Uh, on episode 10. And maybe I won't go too deep into it. I don't know. But have you ever seen Bluey? I... I think I've heard of it on TikTok, but I don't know it. No. See, I've seen little clips of it on TikTok before, and it's like out of context stuff. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, I don't know if that does anything for people, but it doesn't really do the show justice. It's, it's like, uh, there's some shows out there like, uh, Dora the Explorer or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something where you can, sit in front of it with your kids and the adults get nothing out of it whatsoever. It's just like nails on a chalkboard or either it's background noise while you're off doing something else and your kids are watching TV. You just mentally cannot focus on such awful lowbrow, not lowbrow is the wrong word for it, I guess, but it's just children's programming. Right. You can't focus on it. It's just, what what on earth would hold your interest in it, right? But Bluey is on a different level. It's like there's so many adult jokes and adults. They're not like dirty jokes or anything like that. There might be one or two in there. But there's so many adult uh, situations and adult stories going on, like mostly in the background. And... It's stuff that goes right over the kids' heads because the kids are focused on the kids playing with the parents and coming up with these neat stories and games and situations and things like that and playing with the other kids. Kids are focused on all that, and there are good lessons in it. There absolutely is good lessons in these Bluey episodes. But there's some really, really deep stuff on that show. And they talked about it on the Three Bruce podcast, and it, it seemed like every single one of them were like, Oh yeah, that show's amazing. It just nobody it's just so underrated. Like nobody nobody realizes exactly what that show is like because they just see the cartoon dogs and they just dismiss it. Yeah. Right. But if anybody out there is listening to this and they have kids, especially like younger kids, like under five, six, seven, somewhere in there, that still watch cartoons, put Bluey on and watch it with them. You will be amazed at how into that show you get. And possibly how emotional you'll get from it as a grown adult. Like there are background storylines that will blow your mind when you finally like do some research on it. That's wild to hear. I, I, I don't know. Like I know like my nephew, he's uh, what is he? 
turning nine this year. And I know every time he's over here, uh, I always turn the cable on for him. And he always like Bluey is just always playing and he always wants to watch Bluey. So I'll turn it on for him and I'll walk away and I'll go do dishes and I'll put my headphones hey. in and I'll do like, uh, <clears throat> you know, something, listen to a podcast or something. And next time it, he comes over and we watch it, I'll actually sit down and watch it with him. You, you have to, you absolutely have to. There's, there's like, they don't come out and say certain things. There's a bunch of stuff like dropped in. Like I'll give you three examples right now of different episodes and different like storylines that things are dropped in. Right. One of them is um, there's this episode that depicts the evolution of man and going to heaven. What? All like the entire history of the world and your ascension into heaven or ascension into heaven all in a like five minute episode. It's like <laughs> the, the parents, the uh, bandit and Chili are the parents names. The, the boys bandit, the, the wife is uh Chili, and the two dogs, Bluey and Bingo, the kids are both girls. So you got these two sisters, right? And they're playing. Well, the parents are up on the porch. They're putting together a swing. So they're opening up out of the box and there's like some funny jokes and, and like uh, the dad's opening up the, the instructions and it's got a cartoon dog telling them what to do. And the mom's like, just read the instruction. He throws the instructions. I'm not taking advice from a cartoon dog. You know, it was just hilarious. Cause that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. So they throw the box away and they throw it out in the yard, but the kids take the box and they start being imaginative with it. And they're like, okay, pretend like we're fish and they're swimming like in the grass and it's the ocean. And then the box lands like, all right, pretend like we're frogs now. So they jump up there and the whole time, like the younger sisters, like the baby. And as they progress through these things, okay, pretend like, you know, the different little things get thrown out. Like there's a little screwdriver that gets like a little Allen wrench or something gets thrown away because they didn't need it anymore. So they threw it out there with all the trash Well, the kids are playing with all the trash, the foam, the styrofoam, the bubble wrap, the box, everything is thrown out there, right? So they're making like a little civilization and stuff. You know, they they say, okay, pretend like we're cave dogs. You know, so now they're they're cave people. And the the uh, little sister is actually starting to grow up. She started to be a baby. And then as they progress, she's like, well, now I'm going to be a toddler. Now I'm going to be a little girl. Now I'm going to be a grown adult with you, you know? So like once the mom and once the kid growing up as they're going through evolution here, now, all of a sudden, they're like monkeys and cave dogs. And then all of a sudden, they're in the future at one point, And they're making this like spaceship stuff. And the parents sat there and they're like fighting and arguing because they're putting together this thing. And then the mom sits back and looks at the kids. And the kids are playing. And she says, look at that. Just look at them. It says, we made them. It's like, wow, that's neat. That kind of takes you back a little bit. So they're up there. They're, they're putting the swing together, and they're just about finished. And they sit down, and they're swinging. They're just watching the kids play. And then the grown uh, younger sister at this point, she uh, says, okay, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm going to go off and do my own thing now. And then the uh, older sister grabs like a makeshift cane. So now she's like an old woman, right? And she's wishing her daughter the best as she goes off into the world. She flies in her spaceship and goes off into the world. And now she's sad, you know, because the daughter left and now she's all by herself. And 
the parents say, hey, come sit with us. So she turns around, drops the cane, walks up the stairs to heaven, so to speak, to the makers, grabs the mom's hand as like light shines behind it and stuff like that, really like emphasizing what's happening here yeah. without straight up saying it. And she sits up there with the makers pretty much and just watching the younger sister go off and play. And right at the end of it, just in case you didn't get it, the dad says, this is heaven. Like the whole episode is about them like growing up and, and, and like going through evolution and then going to heaven at the end of it. It's the deepest junk you're ever going to see in a kid's show. Wow. That's just one episode. Jeez. How there's like a no, there's a whole nother subplot of, um, there was actually a miscarriage. Oh, wow. With the mom. And that blew me away when I saw that, because some of that hits kind of kind of close to home. So let me ask how, um, how long are these episodes? Like 15 minutes. You did all 10, that 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Yeah. So it's, so they're like 10, 15 minutes. Like you usually get two of them, two or three of them in a 30 minute block. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. I might just go turn on the TV after this and just kind of watch one or two. There's a, a Mother's Day episode. Like, okay. They've been dropping hints the whole series. Like, um, there, there's, a, there's like one episode where the, the mom had the first girl. And she was uh, going to these mommy me classes with all these other moms and kids. And she kept noticing that the, uh, that, that her girl wasn't progressing like the rest of them, like wasn't walking as fast, crawling as fast, rolling, whatever. And so she was getting really, really disappointed and, and just down on herself thinking she's a bad mom. Yeah. Right. And then one of her friends there noticed that she didn't come in one day and she got worried. So she invited her over to have like tea or coffee or something one day. So she came over with, with her daughter and she noticed that her friend actually had like six or seven kids mm -hmm. and they're all running around and they're playing with her daughter and stuff. And she, the, she, she's talking to the mom here The chili is the mom. She's talking to the mom. It's like, I know this is your first kid and it isn't easy. Nothing like this is easy, but I want you to know something. And she looks directly into the camera talking to Chili, but she's looking directly into the TV screen. You're doing great. Oh, wow. So here I am a parent. Maybe, maybe I'm a mother out there watching this with my kid, connecting the same way that this mom is, right? Maybe my kid isn't walking as fast or crawling as fast or talking as fast as some of these other kids yeah. are. And this parent, with a bunch of kids as my dog is barking in the background <laughs> looks directly at me while I'm watching this kid's show with my kid and says, you're doing great. How does that not hit you? That, you know, just you describing it and not even like watching it. I mean, that hits, that hits me pretty hard, you know, cause of my past and it's wild, man. That's really interesting. That's really cool. There's one more and I'm going to shut up about it. I promise. It's the subplot of the miscarriage. Oh, wow. And I wonder if a lot of people, I know this, it's out there on YouTube and a lot of people have picked it up and it is an actual thing confirmed by the writers. Because a lot of people are like, wait a minute, did, is this actually something they meant to do? You know, is this actually going to be canon to the show? But so the, the parents have two kids, right? 
but and there's always rainbow symbolism and things like after a rainstorm on one episode, there's a big double rainbow as she's sitting there with her kids. You're like, what is a rainbow baby? Yeah. It's a baby you have after a miscarriage, mm-hmm. right? We have a rainbow baby. Our baby girl is a rainbow baby. And I don't, I guess a lot of people know that I put it out there on Twitter before. I, a lot of people know that about me. If you know me, you know, that happened to me, uh, to my wife. I mean, it's happened to me. I mean, it happened to me, but you know, it happened to us. Right. But, um, this show, there's a Mother's Day episode, and the kids reenact the parents getting to know each other and getting together and getting married and stuff like that. And the little girl plays the mom because she looks like the mom, but the older girl plays the dad because she looks like the dad. So they're they're playing back and forth, and the um, parents are sitting there watching because they're putting put on a show. So they're sitting on the edge of a bed watching as these two kids put on the show. Well, at one point, the mom, you know, the little girl playing the mom, she puts a balloon under her belly, pretending like she's pregnant with Bluey. And they start, like, belly bumping and laughing and stuff, and the parents are cutting up. It's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of funny. And then all of a sudden, a balloon popped. And when that balloon popped, the faces of the parents went really, really grim. And the dad reached over, didn't say a word, just reached over and held her hand. Like, holy crap, we just saw a mention of a miscarriage in this children's show without any words. There's no words about it whatsoever. All it was was a subtle holding her hand when that moment happened. Like the the balloon and the belly pop. Yeah. Yeah, so there was no more baby there. You know, just... That gives me chills just talking. Yeah, about it. it really does. I'm surprised I even got through it, honestly. Because every time I see that episode, like every time I see that moment, that cracks me up. I mean, just straight up, just that's a mess. Yeah. And the whole series is like that, dude. So I didn't mean to go on a 30 minute rant about Blue. <laughs> but let me tell you, it is so good. And it it's to me, it's like revolutionized children's shows. Yeah like what they could be and what they should be. You know what I mean? That's, you know, when you brought up three brews podcast, I was probably, I was trying to end this with saying how much of losers, the boil anger boys is what I call them. Cause their last name is Bollinger, but it's spelled boil anger. So the boil anger boys, uh, were, but honestly, after, I mean, now I can't, I can't call them losers because it's like, man, that's, that's some, that's some pretty interesting stuff. You know, gosh dang, I'm I'm really intrigued now. I'm gonna have to go sit down and watch some bluey. I <clears throat> I recommend it. I honestly do. It you know, maybe not I don't I, obviously there's not really a problem with watching it by yourself. I mean, it's a children's show, sure, but when you're when you have a kid that's watching it, sit down and pay attention to that. Because a lot of that stuff is gonna go completely over their head. And you're going to hear things going on. You're going to see things going on. They, there's an episode where that they, they kind of censored in America. But the Australian version of the episode has a bandit talking about getting a, a vasectomy. Oh. In the background. Oh. It's like, oh, yeah, I just went in and a snip, snip, and it was over. You know, <laughs> just something like that. Just talking in the background while the kids are doing stuff. You know, just like background talk. And I think it wound up just being like, a head cold or something in America because you know, we can't have that talk in America. Yeah. Know, so that's, 
That's really interesting. I was, you know, I was thinking about saying like, oh, it must be like kind of like SpongeBob. You know, SpongeBob had a lot of sexual innuendos. Uh, that innuendo. Thank you. <laughs> Min, what, let's say it one more time. Innuendo. Innuendos. Is that it? It's like like innuendo. Like in your in your windows. Like, yeah, in your windows. <laughs> SpongeBob had a lot of in your windows uh, about it. So. I was like, well, maybe that's where he's going with that. But I mean, that hits on a whole nother deeper level when you're talking about miscarriages and you know, stuff like that. Oh so, no, it's it's not lowbrow. Oh, I gotcha. By no means. That's, None of it is. And they're and these are all just like uh, cartoon dogs, you said? Yeah. Wow. It's cool. like uh it's like a whole world instead of people, they're all dogs. Just pretty much it. That's really interesting. I'm definitely, definitely gonna check that out. Yeah, and there's there's other hints to that miscarriage thing that, like, uh, there's like a dream that one of the little girls had in one episode where she's trying to learn to sleep by herself and not with her mom. You know, kind of like a little independent. Yeah. And there's one episode where she hatches out of, uh, like, she's having a dream. She hatches out of the earth, and she's in space, right? Oh. And the Mars is already hatched that would be the that would be bluey the oldest child but and the son is supposed to be the mother okay. in this dream so the son's the mother mars is hatched earth just got hatched but mercury is still whole like there was something there but it never hatched you know like if mercury was the miscarriage then Mars was Bluey and Earth would have been um, Bingo, which is a little girl. Yeah. So there's all sorts of little subtle things in there about about that whole storyline. And like the mother's sister can't have kids. That's a whole episode. How she's depressed about it and she wouldn't even visit them for so long because she just couldn't stand to be around it because she couldn't have her own. You know, it's some deep junk in that, man. Wow. Some extremely deep junk. And it's amazing. That's interesting. That's really anyway, interesting. This is the Bluey podcast now. San Diego Comic Con slash Bluey, baby. <laughs> well, let's tell you what, let's take a break and then we'll talk about some nasty. All right. What whatever we can talk about with loud. Yeah, no joke. Uh, <laughs> well, if you can if you can't tell, loud might have been a little bit of a snoozer, but that's fine. Um, real quick, when we talk about skinnymixes.com, go check them out. You get your TikTok water syrups there, you get your coffee syrups, and you get your uh drink mix syrups, all like low calorie, zero sugar, keto friendly, all that kind of stuff. Go to skinnymixes.com, you're gonna find something you like, I promise. Use the code Marbles at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first order. Go go check it out. Boom. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts 
And I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So how do you make a commercial about something so random? I don't know. You make it pretty random. That's right. So if you enjoy lots of random stuff like food or top fives. Random facts. Dirty facts. I try to keep them clean. She tries. Uh, But come listen to Tales from the Estate. We have lots of fun. We try to drop shows every week. Try. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The kids are the kids are a bear. They are. Uh, But yeah, come listen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so Loudon. Do you want me to just go ahead and take this one? You can. Okay, so Loudon recap. The 19 took the lead and never looked back. All right, what else do we have to talk about in this episode? That's pretty much it. All right. Well, as always, a whole lot. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) there wasn't a whole lot to talk about with Loudon. Um, I mean, there was some pretty good racing through the pack, but when none of it is for the lead, it kind of waters it down. Yeah. You know, one person dominates, but hey, we had a lot of passing for third and fourth and fifth. You know, like cool. You know, but. One person dominated. Hey, we have a uh, tie for the points lead now. We were getting into it. We have a tie in two different uh, positions in the point standings for our fantasy cup, for sure. Yeah. I ended up picking the same person that Justin did, and I had that picked ahead of time. I did too. I, I don't like doing that, but I was like, I really feel like this is the best pick. You know, so that's what I did. And turns out it wasn't. Um, but that just means I didn't lose any points to the leader. Yeah. But the leader sure did lose some points to, um, nobody really had a good day. No one. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's three of them that had a really good day. Oh yeah. They won. Yeah. Uh, let's, but for one, uh, um, other than that, are, are we just jumping into it? Yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about it. That's the most interesting thing about the loud races. What happened to the dang fantasy cup points? Yeah. So for for first off, um, I was really really bummed because the storm came through on Friday and took out you know all obviously our power and stuff. So I had no way to watch it on Sunday. But then it got you know rain delayed till Monday. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, obviously all my friends are at work on Monday. I have Sunday and Mondays off, so I literally just sat in my house trying to conserve as much phone battery as possible. So I did not watch any of this race. I did not. I still haven't even had enough time to go to YouTube and check out the recap show. Um, I don't know nothing about what this what entailed. Um, so I had to wait a couple uh, a couple hours after the the race ended i ended up going to the public library so i can charge my phone my laptop and then do the uh, fantasy point standings at the our public library and uh very interesting stuff first off i want to say it was a record it was a historic race for us because now every single participant that has ever been and i say ever been like we've been doing this for 10 years uh every participant in the in the marbles fantasy cup series fantasy okay let me try that again 
every participant in the in the Marvel's Fantasy Cup has won a race. Joe finally got that that first win. So congratulations to him for getting his first win of the season. Billy got his second win of the season. And what do you know? What do you know? Nicole gets her third win of the season. And she's almost three in the last, yeah, three in the last four races. Yeah. Like I was so I mean, I'm not excited because she has completely blew me out of the water. I am like five positions behind her. Uh, but it's really interesting because Nicole was one of those ones back in the like 15th out of 16 participants. She was just could not get any momentum. And this is how fun this fantasy cup series is you can win at literally any given weekend. You could put together amazing picks like, like Nicole. She has went from, I think the lowest she was at was 15th in the points and she's all the way up to sixth. That's, I mean, that is wild to me. Yeah. A short time too in a month. I mean, golly, she went from, I think, 300 or like maybe right at 400 points uh, total for the season. And she's up to over 600 in a matter of a month. And it is. Yeah, because when she didn't get that win, she's still finished in the top five. I yeah. I mean, it is fantastic. And it is so exciting. to. See. Well, I mean, it's not it's exciting for me to see it as a host of this podcast, you know, but it's not exciting for me to see as a participant trying to win that tro- that championship trophy at the end of the season. Um, I think actually I am the one that lost as I think I lost the most points this weekend, uh, but I'll just run it down really fast. Uh, Justin, he coming into the season, he had 24 points on Matt. That's gone. We have for the first time. And since I think like week six, or seven, we have a tie for the championship point standings lead. I, man, Justin and Matt are right there at 714 points. Justin has three uh, three wins. Matt only has two, but somehow he has been way super consistent lately. So they are first uh, tied for first in the in the point standings. Um, which makes me okay. So I'm dyslexic. So help me out. So if they're tied for the first, that means Drew's third, right? Or just no? Yes. Yeah, that is true. Yes. Okay. So Justin and Matt both tied for the lead of the points. Well, you know what the tie record would be? Uh, like if it ended in a tie, the tie record would be most most wins. wins. Yeah. So technically, that means Justin is leading. Okay. If you if you want to be technical about it. Points wise are tied, but if there is a tiebreaker, Justin would be ahead right now. All right, I, I yeah, so we can go with well, that's how NASCAR does it, does it. So that's how we're going to do it. Yeah, for sure. So Justin, uh, Matt tied currently for the the lead of the fantasy cup. Really, honestly, I wish I was up there mixing it up with them, but like this is a lot of fun for me. Like for the, I guess the scorekeeper like watching you know every all these picks and stuff and trying to keep track of who's picked who it's so much fun for me uh but don't look now drew vinsel is still hanging strong in third uh he has two wins soda you are fourth with two wins billy is now fifth with two wins nicole is sixth with three wins which is unbelievable um Let's see. Jessica is hanging tough in seventh with two wins. 
Josh is eighth with one win. John is ninth with one win. RJ is uh, rounding out the top 10 with two wins. Rock is 11th with one win. I am 12th <sighs> with one win. <laughs> oh, it makes me want to vomit every time I say it. Uh, Tim is 13th with three wins. Caitlin, hey, girl, I feel you. Okay, I feel you so much. Uh, Caitlin is 14th uh, with one win. Joe got that one win that he was desperately needing. He is 15th, and Jody is 16th with two wins. Uh, but man, I'm I'm honestly I'm having such a blast with all this. It is uh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's um, and it's getting down to it now. We got the last third of the season or so coming up here. And because uh, I, I don't know if we're quite two thirds of the way in yet, I think we still got maybe about three more races before we get about two thirds in. Yeah. So, yeah, and we still have two double points races coming up. Yeah, which I am desperately hoping that uh, that will uh, it'll help me. I sure hope so. Uh, but speaking, well, of- the most you can get is forty points. The most you can gain is 40 points in a race. So a double points race means you can possibly have an 80 point swing. I, yeah, because it's 50 for the win and 10 for the last place finish. Yeah. Right. So that's 40 points. So the most you can pick up on a double points or lose is 80 points. So that's uh, two more of those. Yeah, I will <laughs> take it. Times two. I will absolutely try my best. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up is Jody Mitchell. Well, I'm sorry. Jody, the Canadian, uh, messaged me earlier today, and he was uh, he had just listened to episode 65, and he was talking about uh, – we were talking about the channels, how sometimes on like, you know, if they race on Mondays, it changes the channel or mm-hmm. something. We were talking about that with something yeah john brown was uh asked a question about that and jody messaged me earlier today and i guess uh he in his words he's a big um media nerd and so like on the terms of like business side um and stuff like that but he said that's kind of in his wheelhouse and so i asked him i was like um well you know please explain so i'm gonna read this verbatim of how he said it uh, he said it's because, like, talking about races being advertised on USA and then – wait, what am I saying? US what, – what am I saying? Probably advertised on NBC and moved to USA. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly yes. what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> so he said it's because of ad rates, which is what drives priority. For example, Simpsons over NASCAR, uh, total viewers is not necessarily the most important thing like NFL bumped AEW uh, for less viewers or less demo in some cases, uh, but that is not what drives the TV companies. So he said he can go on longer. And I was like, no, nah, man, that's that's awesome. He also said, uh, to your point, in the early 2000s when NASCAR was hot, that matters uh, only to a certain point. There is like still a stereotypical NASCAR fan that will – dictate companies such as beer and uh, buy like ad space, but golf can do like much lower ratings and still get like Mercedes and Rolex quantity or quality of viewers only means so much. So like kind of 
you know, that was more kind of for John uh, who was asking that. I don't know if that made sense to anybody else. Yeah, it it makes sense to me, not just for NASCAR, but like, you know, I live in Alabama. We're big Alabama football fans around here and SEC fans in general. Yeah. And CBS for the longest, thankfully they don't have it anymore, but for the longest CBS had the SEC contract where every single week they'd have one, maybe two games and it would be the marquee game in the conference. But they always skipped the first week because it was a golf tournament. And are like, but the SEC football gets so much better ratings than this golf tournament will. Because I don't know anybody that watches this golf tournament. Everybody's watching SEC football. Like everybody is. Every college football fan out there is going to at least flip the channel over to the SEC. Because they're the premier league. Yeah. You know, so everybody's going to watch it. But to his point, the SEC has what? Dr. Pepper sponsorships? Yeah. You know, they won't have many beer sponsorships necessarily, but they'll have Dr. Pepper. They'll have Regions Bank, stuff like that. But yeah, they won't have Rolex, Mercedes, things like that. So I guess that starts to make sense. Yeah. Talking about who will spend money with them. Also, he messaged me and he said, uh, I'm completely 100% right about my theory about the TikTok generation and, um, you know, why, you know, the attention span and needing shorter races and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, I think it all goes hand in hand. I want to ask you something else. And I know we're running, running long, but well, real quick, uh, are we done with the fancy? Because if we're not, if we're done with it, I do want to announce that we will spruce up this Pocono race coming up. I am going to put that Ross Chastain Hell Melon diecast and a can of the Dale Jr. Sundrop uh, soda into this week. The one that didn't get one at Atlanta, mm -hmm. it's going into Pocono now. So now we all have a little bit more to watch for. So this week, Pocono will be a prize race. Yes. For the Hell Melon and Sundrop soda. All right. And big thank you for reminding me, not trying to be rude or anything. I totally forgot that you sent me uh, those cans of Sundrop. Really excited about that. I was, I was kind of like blown away with it because I was like, man, what is what is soda sending me? You know, all that stuff. And then I opened it. I was like, man, I am so here for it. So um, I actually told Jessica because we don't really get to see each other very often now with overnights and she's doing all her hours. So she actually, I have him setting in the, uh, in my closet because I'm scared that she's going to think it's a can of squirt, which is a soda and similar. Yeah. Very similar. similar. Yeah. She is, she, uh, well, I don't know how to like, say this without being really kind of weird but like she is she loves that squirt she huh? loves <laughs> she loves it like she can she just indulges in it so much and i'm like i i just was so scared that to put it in the refrigerator because i didn't want her to mistake in the two cans and be like oh here it is and drink one and then we can't make the cake that i was talking about so they're sitting in my <laughs> in my closet and she opened the doors of the closet and she saw it and she was like what is that? And I was like, so does the man. That's what it is. And and so I explained it to her and she was really, really excited. So she wanted me to tell you thank you on her behalf as cool. well. Cool deal. Um, 
has have you ever found the Mexican squirt yet? No. It's tall glass bottle, uh, green, tall green glass bottle. So it's got that green tint, kind of like a Sprite bottle does. Uh, wherever you find like the Mexican Fantas, Mexican Sprites, the, the tall glass bottles that have like the American sticker on it. But that's the only thing on it that like shows the nutritional information. The rest of it's all like etched in. They got to be the tall bottles though. They can't be these little tiny, you know, bottles that you buy for six packs at Walmart. Yeah. You know, like the Coke and Dr. Pepper and stuff. It can't be those. It's got to be the tall bottle bottles made in Mexico. You read the ingredients. It says made with cane sugar. Huh? That squirt made with cane sugar a hundred times better than the other. Really? And any of those Mexican sodas are going to be that way. If you find the Mexican Sprite, way better. Mexican Coke, way better. Mexican Pepsi, way better. And they're, they all kind of got a retro look to it. Like the Mexican Pepsi has actually got that old white Pepsi logo. You know, and the Mexican Squirts like that, the Mexican Fanta. I know there's like three different flavors, I believe, of Mexican Fanta. Mm. Uh, it's like the Harito soda. How oh, those are so much sweeter than most of the other sodas because they're made with real sugar. They don't do that in America anymore unless it's a specialty thing. Like Dr. Pepper has those, those tall glass bottles that have the old, old style lo logo on it, the 10, two and four. Yeah. Those are made with real sugar and those are the best Dr. Peppers you're ever going to drink. But you got to find that particular kind. You can't just find any glass bottle soda. That's the misconception. Glass bottle sodas taste better. No, they don't. The glass bottle sodas that are made with real sugar. Yes, they do. They taste better. Otherwise it's the same Coke. You know, it's the same soda. So look, keep an eye out for it. If you can find it anywhere. I haven't seen one in a while, but they're out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I have never actually drank uh squirt or. Uh, it's pretty good. What is that? I mean, you got like grapefruit. Not seven. What, sundrop. Sundrop. Thank you. Yeah. I've never had sundrop. I've never had squirt. I have never had any of that. So I've had a sundrop, but I can't really recall the taste. I want to say it's similar to squirt, but I don't know if it's technically grapefruit or not mm. it might be it might not be i don't know uh but if you're talking about making a cake out of it it might be grapefruit see i don't because grapefruit makes a really good cake i'm not a fan of grapefruit in a sweetened soda it's pretty good yeah that's that's the only thing that's saving it for me is when i found out it was kind of like a grapefruit a great a grape oh my god great oh my god grapefruit flavor why why do i struggle with this so much i hate words you know what i'm done talking about it i'm done talking about it move on <laughs> um if you ever go to brown derby in hollywood studios at disney world they have a a martini and a cake that's grapefruit flavored a grapefruit martini grapefruit cake martini is what it's called and a grapefruit cake how do you just it is the Best tasting stuff. How do you just say like, it so fast? Grapefruit because I've, flavor. I've said grapefruit a lot. Grapefruit. I, I don't tend to enunciate, so I just kind of throw it all together. You know, I got corner three brews. I'm I'm fun to listen to because I got that cool southern drawl. You know. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I sound like I, you sound different. Is what they say. <laughs> I and so I love it how. I love it how Tyrone, my friend over here, Tyrone, says, oh, yeah, Soda used to be a race car driver, which is true. 
And then he says, well, Ethan's just a really big fan. It's like, well, Ethan also crew chiefs, bro. I work on the cars. What are you talking about, dude? I just actually, I just went and helped a friend uh, last week figure some stuff out on on uh dymo and stuff so it's like man hello i'm not just a fan i i i do it too <laughs> just don't drive um no it's awesome i love them over there and the boil anger boys i just uh so much fun go check them out i forgot we we're not doing the plugs yet so not yet yeah not yet. um was there something you wanted to talk about before i started talking about uh the price yes race so I have two things and I'm going to run through them really fast. Um, the world of outlaw game. We kind of mm-hmm. said it a little bit last week of there's like information coming. So we were right. Um, from my understanding, if you pre-order the Nintendo switch version, which comes out October, mid October, uh, you get Christopher bell and a micro and you get two, new, two or three new tracks. I think three new tracks, and then one is including the um, uh, Chili Bowl, which is the exact same racetrack that I crew chiefed for when I was two stalls down from Kyle Bush last uh, this past December. So I wanted to talk about that story. I'm not going to do it tonight or you know on this episode just because it's way too, we're running way too long. But my uh, my question is, ever since NASCAR Heat Five did the 2022 DLC. Have you been playing it very very often? Very often, no, but I have played it a few times. Okay, so I am religiously on my PS4 when I'm not at, when I'm not at work, just because I take my NASCAR video games and my World of Outlaw dirt racing game, I take it way too seriously. Um, mm-hmm. So I am very much convinced that I don't know if it's my PS4 or what, but I cannot I cannot play that game anymore. Like I will, you know, how you go into the the main screen and it'll last you 2020 or 2022. I'll go into 2022. I'll go to my career. It cut and the, the game just shuts down and it restarts. I'll go into play now on 2022. Same thing. Blue screen to death restarts the game. Can't go any farther than that. So I went to 2020 and I'm doing this thing where I'm pretending that I'm, you know, going through the levels like I'm full season in uh, uh, Extreme Dirt Tour late models, full season in uh, trucks Xfinity, and then I'm I'm actually convinced myself that I'm going to get a Nintendo Switch and get the NASCAR Rivals game and then pre-order the World of Outlaw game, and then, because those are the only two games that I play on my PS4. So I mean, I can play it on Switch and I can lay in bed and play it or i can take it to work and on my hour-long break play it type thing so uh i'm really excited about that but i noticed the other night i was trying to stay awake all night because that's just my sleep schedule and it was my night off and i was too so right now i'm currently doing a full season xfinity trucks and late models on nascar heat 5 i got to the xfinity uh road america which is uh, I think it's like four races before the the playoffs for the Xfinity. So I got to that race. I did it. I won, you know, doing all that stuff. I got all the way to in the playoffs. Like I was like past Bristol. Like I was almost in the round of eight. And my the blue uh, the blue screen of death kicked in. And normally it when it does that, it'll do that every, I don't know, every six hours or something. 
and it will kick me off and I have to restart the game, but it always saves my progress. And mm-hmm. this time it didn't. So I went from like round of eight and it kicked me all the way back to road America. And I was like, well, what the heck, man? So then I thank thank goodness uh, it was like three o'clock in the morning. So I mean, I still had a little ways to go until seven. So I redid all those races and then some, and then it did it again. Blue screen to death, kicked me off, restarted the game. And once again, it restarted me all the way back to world, uh, road America. Like, I, and I don't know what to tell you. I'm. So, I mean, I haven't had all that issue, but I haven't really gone into seasons yet on it either. So I'm so frustrated because I've been playing this game religiously for the last three years, and I have never had issues like that. And then this 2022, you know, uh, update or the DLC, yeah. and it's like it completely ruined the game. So then I thought maybe it was just the disc. So I spent a little bit of money that I didn't really necessarily have to buy the just to download the game on my PlayStation. So I didn't even have a disc in there. And it's really cool because it like I had to restart my career or whatever, um, knowing that I'm about to switch to NASCAR Rivals when I get a switch here soon. I was just doing, you know, like I was saying earlier, Xfinity trucks and late models and literally the exact same thing. So I'm like, Okay, so it's doing it on the disc version and it's doing it on the download version. I was like, I don't know if it's just my PS4 or if other people are having this problem, but like I am like it's almost it's obviously not nearly as bad as Ignition, but it's like it's unplayable. Like I'm so upset. Unbelievably upset. So moral of the story is I can't wait to get a Nintendo Switch and get NASCAR Rivals. <laughs> I wonder if me having it on the PlayStation 5 has anything to do with it being different. I don't know. It shouldn't, but I don't know. I've seen a bunch of little things about that update that's kind of messed that game up. Yeah. Yeah, from different people. I haven't heard that necessarily, like the specific thing you're talking about, but I've seen it to where it, it has crashed the game over and over. I've seen it to where it erased every single person's, you know, a lot of people's, uh, Complete career progress just wiped everything out out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a trash company. You know how many races I had on that game? Uh, probably a lot. <laughs> 5,146 races. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Three years. I hope, I hope uh, Monster Games and iRacing gets the next NASCAR license. I just can't wait to get a Switch and try the NASCAR Rivals because I was I'm just so disappointed in it. You know what else I'm disappointed in? I still have not gotten my my Bubba Wallace Kansas car. Oh gee, <laughs> it's uh, I've been tracking it for the last four weeks. It seems like, um, and it says it is at my post office. It will be delivered tomorrow. I'm holding my breath about it, but good news is i did receive my 2023 kyle bush cheddar's 124 scale elite today and it looks amazing oh cool deals looks so cool um before we go to these two questions we have is uh (laughs) there any type of uh thing you want to talk about with pocono um, so I had one person ask me, uh, it was a fantasy cup participant asked me, uh, if Pocono was a super speedway and it is not, it is only Daytona and Talladega. 
It's just big. It's just real big, and it's a triangle, and it yeah. hurts when you hit the wall. Oh, God, yeah. Especially turn one. Yeah, especially turn three. Turn three? Turn one. Turn three. Turn, turn three. They don't ever hit the wall in turn three. Kurt Busch did. It ended his career. Oh, okay. Well, that's the car. That's not... I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Turn one is the one that always seems like they lose the brake oh, and take yeah. off wide open at the wall. Oh. That's the one Bobby Allison ended his career with, and that's the one uh, that famous wreck with T Earnhardt and Tim Richmond wrecking in turn one, and Earnhardt limping down the track, getting out of his car when it was upside oh, down, and yeah, limping down the track with a broke leg. Did you say the um, Ken Schrader one? I haven't said Ken Schrader yet. I haven't said Jeff Gordon yet either. When he lost his brakes and went through the grass and hit the wall real hard. Gosh, yeah, that's a nasty corner. It's scary. Turn one is very, very dangerous. <laughs> That's also where uh, Hamlin run Chastain up into the wall last year. Sure did. And then got disqualified later in the race. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sure did, didn't he? <laughs> karma, karma, karma. He's quit messing with Chastain, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's just focus on Hamlin from last year. Hamlin. <laughs> Hamlin. Just didn't Hamlin. Won, won the race, but didn't win the race. That's right. Shame on him. <laughs> Hamlin. Not second place. Second yeah, place was not, not Cowboy. No, no, no. Not Cowboy. No, 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 no. Hamlin. <laughs> he wound up finishing last, right? Cow Cow did? Uh I don't know. I know it was because it was the first two got put put like next to last and last. Yeah. And third wound up winning. So I feel like Hamlin finished ahead of Kyle. So it would have been Hamlin in what thirty seventh and Kyle in thirty eighth or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was last this past week. He Man, sure Kyle, was. Kyle Bush and well, Kyle Bush has already got three wins and everything, but Ross Chastain, he's in a position where he needs to uh now some of it is not his fault, it's just circumstances, but some of it is his fault. Yeah. In the last few weeks. Like uh he has a bad qualifying run and all of a sudden on a track where he's really good at, he's stuck in the back of the field. And what happens? He gets caught up in a wreck. You know, he has a bad qualifying run. So he makes his way up through the field and he was in 12th or so flirting with the top 10 and he messes up one of the corners and slides up towards the wall, doesn't hit it, but he loses all that track position. Yeah. Now he's finishing in the twenties. It, some of it is his fault and some of it's not his fault, just circumstances, a lot of it. And then some of it is, well, you made the circumstance what it is. They, they need to get their stuff together if they won't have any shot at this mid-season championship, or regular season championship. Yeah. Which they are in the running for. But they got to get their stuff together. For Especially sure. need some momentum coming into the playoffs. But, yeah, Pocono is a triangle. That's unique. It is three completely different corners. One of them is a uh, really high-banked, wide sweeping corner that comes off of the fastest part of the racetrack, which is a straightaway that's wide enough and long enough to land airplanes on. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see him run five wide on, on restarts and stuff on that front straightaway and try to funnel down at at least three wide. Um, and then turn two is a really tight one and a half lane wide corner that you're hardly hardly really breaking forward like you're breaking a little bit but it's such a finesse corner and there's very very small room for error in that corner and then turn three is a flat 
sweeping corner. So it's slower than turns one to, or one. Slower than turn one. Turn two is a little flat too. But it's so weird. Every single corner is so different. It's almost like a road course. Right. The way it's run. It really is. Because you can't set yourself up for any particular type of racetrack. Because you set yourself up to run good in turn one where you're going to struggle in two and three. A lot of people try to set themselves up to run best in three so they at least have a big launch off the last corner down the longest straightaway. Right. You know, but that's uh, that's the most interesting part about the track. It tends to be real strung out, and the races tend to kind of be snooze fests yeah. a little bit. But it isn't always like that. Pocono is one of those tracks that has big moments, but not big races. For sure. And I think everybody understands what I'm saying with that. Yeah. Like, I can name off 20 Pocono, Pocono moments. I can't name off, but maybe one good finish. Yeah. Maybe, maybe two. I can probably name off two good finishes. One where Daryl Waltrip almost won one year in the one car. And then there was one where Jeremy Mayfield knocked Dale Earnhardt out of the Oh, way yeah. To win his first race. So good old buddy, Jeremy Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like I said, I can name like two good finishes, but I can only, I can name like 20 good moments. Yeah. Or fun moments, interesting moments. But, um, I mean, that's pretty much it for Pocono, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about these two questions and we'll get out of here. All right. So both of these questions come from Tales from the State. Uh, both of them are from Drew and one's to you specifically. This one's to both of us. Do either of you plan on watching or are excited about the Gran Turismo movie? Do you know about the Gran Turismo movie? No. I, I didn't think you would. I don't know what that is. So you know Gran Turismo? No, I don't. It's a racing game for PlayStation. Okay. They've had like seven of them. You never heard of Gran Turismo? Uh, uh, no. Wow. I thought it was like a... It's it's the most worldwide known famous racing game in all of PlayStation. Are you kidding? No. I've never heard of it. <laughs> well. Um, That's wild. The PlayStation 5, Gran Turismo 7 came out. For it, I have that. I had Gran Turismo 2, but I think that's the only other one I've had. It's basically a game that has realistic um, physical like attributes to hundreds of different cars, real cars. Like everything from a Mini Cooper to a Formula One style car. You know, like in different um different types of racing everywhere from ovals to street courses to whatever there's just there's stuff on there for everybody right and it goes all over the world you can race in japan you can race in america you can race wherever you want to on that on that game and you collect cars as you go between you know muscle cars foreign sports cars whatever you want to mm. so the story behind the the movie is and it's supposed to be based on real events, but I don't know the real events to enough to say how true it is. But they took the best Gran Turismo racers from around the world and had a real life race, like a racing contest with them. So they were racing real sports cars oh. that they would race on the games, on the tracks that they would race on the game. Oh. And that's what the movie's about. 
Why don't they do that for NASCAR Heat 5, man? I know, right? I'm so good at that game. <laughs> 5,000. <000. laughs> at least at least put us on a short track or something. Hey, no yeah. I'd love to run a race at Talladega. I ain't going to lie. I would. Man, that would that is my dream come true to run a race at Talladega. Did if you? they did that with, with NASCAR Heat. Ooh. With Talladega, yeah, we'd all kill ourselves, but man, I'd have so much fun. Yeah, I would totally. I lived a good life. Let's go. I would push you as long as you would block for me at Kansas, because all I want to do is rip that fence at Kansas. Oh man, that would be so much fun. Um, I'm I, I'm kind of lukewarm on the Grand Turismo movie myself. I really want to see Oppenheimer this weekend. What's that? It's a movie about the guy that invented the atomic bomb. Oh, it's. It looks good. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, oh, and it yeah. looks good. It looks really good. And I'm probably going to see it. I don't think anybody else in my family will want to see that. So what I'm probably going to do is go see it one evening after uh, everybody leaves. Like my wife goes to work, kids go to the grandparents, and I'm here by myself overnight. I'm probably going to sneak off and go see a 6 p.m. showing. Or six thirty or seven or whatever it is down here. I'm probably gonna do that, but man, that movie looks good. That's the movie I want to see. But um, let's see. This one is for you, and you didn't know about Gran Turismo. I did not. I said I'm warm on it. I'll catch it when it comes to Netflix or something. I'll catch it on some streaming app. Yeah. Um, this one's for you. <laughs> Drew wants to know what is the percentage chance that you are planning to have a NASCAR wedding and what would all that entail? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to answer that. Yes. And no, I think I have, cause honestly I'm kind of a cheapskate to be honest with you. Um, I don't really necessarily want a wedding. I get, mm -hmm. I don't like to be center of attention. I do not like to, I don't like when people like people are watching me. Um, and plus I know that I would cry like a little, you know what in front of all my friends and family. So I don't really necessarily, I don't really necessarily want a wedding. Um, and I think I have finally convinced, uh, Jess to just go to the courthouse. She wants to elope and she said that she wants to go on an adventure somewhere that she's never been before. And we just go to this random location and we elope there. And then we come back and later we have like a reception. So this is like, so the no on the wedding, but the yes at the reception, I have like four, don't ask me why I have four life-size cutouts <laughs> of Kyle Bush. Um, and I know, I've had one of Rusty Wallace. I get it. I have, and I even have one random one from uh, uh, our friend, our participant, uh, Josh J from the, in the marbles fantasy cup of Kevin Harvick in my garage. So uh, there is a 100% chance that there will be some definite, some NASCAR flair at our um, reception. But as far as an actual wedding, wedding zero uh, percent chance. So, you know, the people that, that like kind of run or work with your uh, local dirt track, right? Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, intermission is a good time to get married. I oh my gosh! Right under the flag stand. I have been trying so hard to convince <laughs> Jessica to get married <laughs> at Humboldt Speedway, and she—I mean, the absolute 
anger that comes out of her. It's just like, I don't want, like, I mean, definite, like, Vince McMahon, you're fired. Like, oh, I don't want to. And I'm like, okay, come on. Well, see, you could, you could have your suit and, uh, I would wear wear a white suit. Yeah, and she wears her white dress, and just purposely make the bottom of them already like muddy. Yes, so it kind of goes with the track. See, this is why we're and friends. you could have it right there under the under the flag stand on the front straightaway. Yes, and by then the dirt would be good and packed in because intermission all the heat races already happened. Yeah, so you won't be walking through mud. It'll be good and packed dirt. And like if we did, and that. they can wave. Uh, they can wave the green flag when you're when you're leaving. Yes, like we would have plenty of seating for all of our friends and family. They wouldn't have to, uh, you know, worry about parking. We got plenty of parking. It was a great idea. And I even said the white tux thing. Um, And then she was like, you know, said some very explicit things to me that I can't repeat on this podcast. But um, yeah, no, that's not happening, Soda. And I wish it was because that would be one hell of a story. But yeah, I don't, I think we're skipping the whole like big lovey dovey thing. I think we're going to have her mom uh, be a witness, probably my sister, and we're going to call it good. Um, unless we elope, uh, elope, I don't know how that goes. I know when my sister eloped in Vegas, she had to have witnesses. So we don't really necessarily want witnesses, but I would kind of like to have her mom there because she's getting up there in age and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know. Final details to be, to be announced, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my wife did the courthouse thing. Yeah. And, uh, we had our parents there. Right. That was the only ones there. Really? I think, I think she had an aunt there. My grandfather was there too. My grandfather actually paid for the marriage license. So you know, 50 bucks. You know? <laughs> right. And I mean, I don't know how much it is now. That was a 2004. So, Right. And we, and that was another thing, like just last year alone, um, we, I was involved with three different weddings in a span of two months. And I went to each one of those married couples and I asked them, Hey, you know, is a wedding like an actual wedding? Is it worth it? And all three of them said, no, like these all weddings happened late last year and they're all still paying for them. I'm not, I'm okay. I'm all right. I don't need to be you know, spending tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding. I'm going to be stressed out, you know, the whole time I'll be hot. I'm going to be sweaty. I'm going to be over it. So I think it'd be just easier just getting it done at the courthouse and then going and having fun, you know, like, so I think Jessica's on board with that as well. Well, that's what we did. And, uh, next year will be our 20 year anniversary. So we'll probably, uh, have some, I think we're planning on having some kind of little ceremony at the beach for that, like a vow renewal. And, um, that'd be our wedding kind of moment. Awesome. So yeah, I totally get it. We didn't want to break our parents bank either because we didn't have the money to do it. Yeah. You know, so I totally get that. My parents will not be paying a dime for any of this. So, (laughs) um, I think it's about time to get out of here. Yes, sir. Pocono this week. Um, watch as much as you can. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Remember, we have a prize race in the Fantasy Cup. So yeah. That'll give you incentive. Really pick a good guy because nobody won it last time. You know, let's, let's, get, let's, get, this, let's get this car out there to somebody. Um, real quick, the podcast drafting partners. Uh, we got the Fully Puzzle Wrestling Figure Podcast. We talked about them, you know, updating everybody for the San Diego Comic-Con yes. stuff today. Uh, they did a great job with that. Uh, Drunk Wrestling History. 
as well. Uh, doing the favor with Eric and Barry. Positivity Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Howling with the Wolf with Jason Wolf and his uh, Chop Shop as well. A lot of uh, really, really cool stuff coming down the line with him. And uh, Magic and the Mouse is a Disney World podcast uh, hosted by the same people that also run the YouTube channel, Anyone Can Cook, which they they cook, uh, they recreate Disney World recipes, like park recipes. And they just did a one called Le Fou Brew. It is a like frozen apple juice, mango, marshmallow uh, puree kind of drink. Oh, my. It's a really good drink. And... It looked actually very, very simple to make. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to copy their their thing one day and figure that out for myself. Um. So who do you got, Ethan? Yeah, as always, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Uh, go listen to the archives of you know it's fake, right? Saturday morning or Saturday morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. TV Toycast with Brian Breaker and Jeff Toon filling in for Travis Fowler for the time being. Go listen to the archives of you know. Um, uh, no holds barred with Bill Benis. Uh, go check that out. You heard their commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin with cameos from Rocco and Cole. Uh, pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shots um, podcast as well. Go check that out. Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Jordan. Reffing it up with Brian Hebner. Uh, Three Brews Podcast with the Boil Anger Boys, Ryan tyrone and aj go check that out and of course lionel racing the official diecast producer of nascar has a podcast called authenticated the diecast collectors podcast and that's all i got i want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show please rate and review follow us on all the social media platforms twitter and instagram at in the marbles pod you can also find us on facebook you can email the show at in the marbles pod at gmail.com check out watermaneuver.net hit the click uh the top left tab says search by store. Scroll down to end the marbles and you'll find our t-shirts there. It's a great way to support the show. Um, you can also go to skinnymixers.com, use our code marbles at checkout and you get 10% off. Pretty soon, we're going to have a third commercial added <laughs> to our lineup. So I'm anybody in our podcast drafting partners, if you want to throw a commercial out on our show, more than willing, go for it. I mean, we're not ain't like we're charging you. No. You know, it's it's helping out friends. Absolutely. Completely and, free. Um, we might be on their show, too. The new commercial or how come we might be on their show pretty soon, too. Woo-hoo. So we'll see uh, how long it takes for all that to get worked out. And um, well, until next time, you got anything you want to add? Don't forget Sunday, July 23rd, 1.30 p.m. Central Time. NASCAR Cup Series is racing into Pocono Raceway. You can watch it on USA Network. Other than that, as always, peace, love, and all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marbles.